Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 6 of Hindu Tales or The Adventures of Ten Princes by Dandan. Translated by P.W. Jacob. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Siddharth. Chapter 6 Adventures of Aparavarma. My Lord, when you had gone away with the Brahman and we were unable to find you, I wandered about searching for you like the rest of your friends. One day I heard by chance of a very famous Muni living in a forest on the banks of the Ganga, not far from Champa who was said to have supernatural knowledge of past and future events. Hoping to obtain some information about you, I determined to seek him out, and accordingly came here for that purpose. Having found the way to his dwelling, I saw there a miserable-looking man, very unlike the holy devotee whom I had pictured to myself. Sitting down, however, beside this person, I said, I have come a long way to consult the celebrated Rishi, Marichi, Having heard that he is possessed of very wonderful knowledge, can you tell me where to find him? Deeply sighing, he answered, There was not long ago such a person in this place, but he is changed. He is no longer what he was. How can that be? I asked. One day, he replied, while that Muni was engaged in prayer and meditation, he was interrupted by the sudden arrival of a famous actress and dancer called Kama Manjari, who, with disheveled hair and eyes full of tears, threw herself at his feet. Before he had time to ask the meaning of this, a confused crowd of her companions came up, beheaded an old woman, the mother of Kama Manjari, apparently in great agitation and distress. When they were all a little quieted, he asked the girl the meaning of her tears and for what purpose she had come to him. She answered, apparently with great respect and bashfulness, O reverend sir, I have heard of your great wisdom and your kindness to those who are willing to give up the pleasures of this world for the sake of the next. I am tired of the disgraceful life I am leading and wish to renounce it. Upon this, her mother with loose grey hairs touching the crown interrupted her and said, Worthy sir, this daughter of mine would make it appear that I am to blame, but indeed I have done my duty, and have carefully prepared her for that profession for which by birth she was intended. From earliest childhood I have bestowed the greatest care upon her, doing everything in my power to promote her health and beauty. As soon as she was old enough, I had her carefully instructed in the arts of dancing, 
acting, playing on musical instruments, singing, painting, preparing perfumes and flowers, in writing and conversation, and even to some extent in grammar, logic and philosophy. She was taught to play various games with skill and dexterity, and how to dress well and show herself off to the greatest advantage in public. I hired persons to go about praising her skill and beauty, and to applaud her when she performed in public, and I did many other things to promote her success and to secure for her liberal remuneration. Yet after all the time, trouble and money which I had spent upon her, just when I was beginning to reap the fruit of my labors, the ungrateful girl has fallen in love with a stranger, a young Brahmin, with her property and wishes to marry him and give up her profession. Notwithstanding all my entreaties and representations of the poverty and distress to which all her family will be reduced if she persists in her purpose, and because I oppose this marriage, she declares that she will renounce the world and become a devotee. The Muni compassionately said to the girl, You will never be able to endure the hardship of such a life as you propose to lead, a life so different from that to which you have been accustomed. Heaven may be attained by all who duly perform the duties of their station. Take my advice, then. Give up all thoughts of an undertaking which you will never accomplish. Comply with your mother's wishes, return with her, and be content with that way of life in which you have been brought up. With many tears she replied, If you will not receive me, I will put an end to my wretched life. Finding her so determined, the Muni, after some reflection, said to the mother and her companions, Go away for the present. Come back after a few days. I will give her good advice. And you will no doubt find her tired of living here and quite ready to return. Thereupon, they all went away, and she was left alone with the Muni. At first, she kept at a distance from him, taking care not to interrupt him in his meditations, but waiting on him unobtrusively rendering him many little services, watering his favorite trees, and gathering sacred grass and flowers for offerings to the gods. Then as he became more accustomed to her, she would amuse him with songs and dances, and at last begin to sit near him and talk of the pleasures of love. One day, as if in all simplicity, she said, Surely people are very wrong in reckoning virtue, wealth, and pleasure as the three great objects of life. Tell me, he answered, how far do you regard virtue as superior to the other two? A very wise man like you, she replied, can hardly learn anything from an ignorant woman like me, but since you ask, I will tell you what I think. There is no real acquisition of happiness or wealth without virtue, but the latter is quite independent of the other two. Without it, a man is nothing, but if he fully possesses it, he is so purified by it that he may indulge in pleasures occasionally, and any sin connected with them will no more adhere to him than dust to a cloud. Look at all the stories of the armors of the gods. Are they less worshipped on that account? I think, therefore, that virtue is a hundred times superior to the other two. With many such specious arguments as these, and by her winning ways, she contrived to make him madly in love so that, forgetting all his religious duties and former austerities, he thought only how to please her. When she perceived this, she said to him, Let us stay no longer in the forest, but go to my house in the town, where we can have many enjoyments. 
utterly infatuated. He was ready to do her bidding, and she, having procured a covered carriage, took him in the evening to her own house. The next day there was a great festival at which the king was accustomed to appear in public and converse familiarly with his subjects. On such occasions he would often be surrounded by actresses and dancing girls. On that day, Kama Manjari persuaded the Muni to put on a gay dress and accompany her to the park where the festival was held, and he, thinking only of her and miserable if she were away from him even for a short time, consented to go. On the arrival there, she walked with him towards the king, who, seeing her, said with a smile, Sit down here with that reverend man, and all eyes were directed towards him. Presently one of the ladies rose up, and, making a low bisons to the king, said, My lord, I must consult myself beaten by that lady. I have lost my wager, and must now pay the penalty. Then a great shout of laughter rose. The king congratulated Kamavanjari, and presented her with handsome ornaments. After this, she walked away with astonished money, followed by a great crowd shouting applause. Before reaching her own house, she turned round to him with a low obeisance and said, Reverend Sir, you have favoured me with your company a long time. It will be well for you to attend now to your own affairs. Not having in his eyes yet opened, he started as if thunderstruck and said, My dear, what does all this mean? What has become of the great love which you professed for me? She smilingly answered, I will explain it all. One day, that lady whom you saw in the park had a dispute with me as to which was the most attractive. At last she said, You boast of your powers. Forsooth, go and try them on Marichi. If you can persuade him to accompany you here, then indeed you may triumph. I will acknowledge myself your inferior. This was the reason of my coming to you. The trick has been successful. I have won my wager, and have now no further occasion for you. Bowed down by shame and remorse, the unhappy man slunk back to his hermitage, miserable and degraded, bitterly lamenting his folly and infatuation, but resolved to atone for it by deep repentance and severe penance. I am that wretched man, you see, therefore that I am now quite unable to assist you, but do not go away, remain in Champa. After a time, I shall recover my former power. While he was telling me the sad story, the sun set, and I remained with him that night. The next morning at sunrise, I took leave of him and walked towards the city. On my way thither, as I passed a Buddhist monastery, I was struck by the appearance of a man sitting at the side of the road near it. He was extraordinarily ugly, his body naked, with the exception of a rack round his waist, and his face so covered with dirt that the tears he was shedding left furrows as they rolled down his cheeks. Moved by compassion, I sat down near him and inquired the reason for his distress, at the same time adding, If it is a secret, I do not wish to intrude upon you. My misfortunes are well known, he answered. I have no objection to telling you if you wish to hear them. Then he began, My name is Vasupalika, but from my ugliness I am generally known as Virupaka that he formed. I am the son of a man of some importance here, who left me a large fortune. Among my acquaintance there was a person called Sundarka, remarkably handsome but poor. 
between us two, some mischievous persons strove to excite our rivalry, pitting my money against his beauty and accomplishments. One day, in a large assembly, having got up a dispute between us, they said, It is not beauty or wealth, but the approbation of the ladies which stamps the worth of a man. Therefore, let the famous actress, Kama Manjari, decide between you, and agree that she shall say who is the best man. To this we both assented, and she, having been previously prepared for the part which she was to perform, was brought into the room, and passing by my rival with scorn, sat down by my side, and taking a garland from her own head, placed it on mine. Greatly flattered and delighted by this preference, and blinded by a mad love for her, which I had not ventured to express, I most readily gave up myself to her seductions, and in a very short time she obtained such an influence over me that everything I possessed was at her disposal. Before long, she had so plundered me and led me into such extravagance that I was reduced to the most abject poverty and had nothing I could call my own but this miserable drag which you now see me wear. Cast off by her, blamed and reproached by the elder men, laughed at and despised by those who had been my companions in prosperity, I knew not where to turn, and as a last resource I entered this Buddhist monastery, where I obtained a bare subsistence, distressed by the cutting off of my long hair, and by numerous restrictions as to eating, drinking and sleeping, like a newly caught elephant, and hearing every day abuse of those gods